Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. Did you know the Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all of the social media outlets? Give us a like, follow, share, subscribe, or even a review if you're feeling generous. Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Twitter, Twitch, and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. It is Tuesday. You know what that means. It is me, your boy, Big Tasty. I am joined by the ultimate Rice crispy treat, the man who can snap, crackle, and pop me anytime. Jay, how's it going, mate? I'm all right, mate. I'm, I, I appreciate that intro. We've <laughs> <laughs> just got to get a bit of that, that horny William Regal energy into the into the podcast. Just inject it in there. Got- Sometimes you've got to. <laughs> yummy, yummy, yummy. Ooh. I'd like to slurp you up with marshmallows, you delicious cup of hot chocolate. Oh, oh, oh that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, Right, uh, it's, yeah, it's wrestling. It's happened again. It keeps happening. It's going to happen until the end of time, apparently, and we need to talk about it. Um, yeah. Should we, uh, should we get right in with some WWE bits? Because... Yeah, I haven't really got any. Well, yeah, let's talk about something that's not happening. Well, I mean, we know all that's. We know if the happening is happening, but one thing that is not apparently happening is day one. Uh, WWE have allegedly yeah. cancelled it. It was set to take place, funnily enough, on January first, twenty twenty-three, and uh, yeah, they don't want to clash with the NFL. Apparently, is the reason because NFL is going to be on the New Year's Day. Uh, I just think it's because there's no members of the New Day left of the screw out title reigns. Yeah, I mean. Xavier Woods just been screwed out of G4 TV. So yeah, they like, can't they can't take a title off him and, as well in the same like six month period. And they don't call him King anymore. So you know they took that title off him as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it makes sense. This was very much like a Nick Khan project, and it was everyone was kind of like, yeah, New Year's shows don't work, and he was like, I'll make it work, and it, it didn't. <laughs> Um, and I mean, it's, it it's, it's on my birthday as well and I don't want to see sad Big E on my birthday well that's it like you you must have had an awful birthday last year because you had sad Big E to deal with and I had a barbaric no match on, on AW ever. as well which was like um, some sort of weird what, bloodletting that, ritual yeah one, one thing that is interesting is it was in Atlanta, Georgia mm which is Cody Rhodes' hometown, which everyone was kind of speculating this would have been when WWE brought Cody back. I mean, if it's not the, why is it not the Rumble? If it's in January, you're still at the Rumble. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it, it's one of them. They could, they could do it like um, when, like the mo- most recently, they did it with Daniel Bryan, where he came back like three or four weeks before, and um, was and was basically like, yeah. I'll be clear, cleared for the rumble. Yeah, you say, you say most recently, but Brian Danielson's in like an entirely different company now and going by an entirely different name. So, oh yeah, like eight years ago. But that still, that that was the most recent they've done it. Yeah, prior to that is when Triple H came back, like on the Raw before, for reasons because he, he had got to. like he got a pop that like nearly made Madison Square Garden like. Levitatable there. <laughs> I think I remember. I, I don't think I was watching it at that time, but I remember seeing a clip of it. 
Yeah, it's like one of the biggest pops I've ever had. Fucking ridiculous. Triple H. So yeah, day one's gone. Are you, are you sad? Are you happy? Do you not really care? It literally last year's day one, other than Biggie losing the title, I couldn't tell you anything that happened on the show. No. Like it, it, it really did seem like an inconsequential show. Oh well. Um yeah. pull one out for day one then. Um right, moving on. Uh we've got an announcement that this is this is fun. Uh WWE Hall of Famer and active competitor Edge has been cast in the upcoming Disney Plus series, Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Uh, Edge will be a recurring character in the series as Ares, the God of War, which is fun because he looks like a fucking god of war, doesn't he? He does. I mean, he looks like the god of pestilence at the moment, but you know. Yeah, he looks like he looks a bit, a bit more on the skeletal side. Uh, and, uh, that's, that's just because of how weathered he is. <laughs> it's because uh, Finn Balor's been eating his soul on the week. Um, but yeah, this is fun. It's going to give him, like, he's going to be trying to thwart a petulant child, which is going to stand him in good stead for his feud against Judgment Day. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got experience of that every week with Dominic Mysterio, hasn't he? So, yeah. Why not take that into his acting roles? Just be like life imitating art. He's be sick of kids by the end of this. He's gonna, he's gonna go go with his kids. He's gonna go to play with him. He's gonna stop the fuck off. I'm like, no, I've had enough. I've got kids yeah, at work. Gonna, he's just gonna look at them with like a, a disdain look. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I've I've never I've never seen any of the Percy Jackson films or read the books. I know I think Faye has seen them. A friend of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, so I'll I'll defer to her. Uh, when this comes out, if it's any good or not, and if it is, I might give it a go. Yeah, I, I too have never seen or read anything to do with Percy Jackson. No, um, it was it was in that kind of era, wasn't it? Like Harry Potter and other stuff. Where... I think it kind of came a little bit after Harry Potter, <laughs> so like I was a little, probably a little bit too old for it. Yeah. I was like, I was on my Terry Pratchett kick at that point, and uh, that was that just sort of encompassed my world. So, yeah, I mean that's fair, Terry Pratchett. I, I. I discovered comics and then there was no turning back to yeah, it. I mean, it's, like the, yeah. it's like books, but it's got pictures in, so it's better. Yeah, exactly. It's got nice art. Uh, Sound speaking of something that's nice to look at. Um, Dave Meltzer noted the Jonah. Hell of a segue. <laughs> Hell top, of a segue. Top thick boy Jonah, who I didn't realize until yesterday is actually a member and the leader of the Mighty O'Neill. Yeah. Which is madness because I just remember that being two guys. Um, now it's two well, guys, Jonah and Bad Dude Tito. In Japan, it was a faction, but I thought, see, I thought Jonah was feuding with them because he had he had the t-shirts, and I think he's brought it by help that says this monster don't kneel. Oh, it's okay. So and I thought he was like, with them, which would have made more sense. Kind of want that t-shirt now. Are you gonna are you gonna order? No, because I don't know, because I don't like the whole like not kneeling thing. It's it's got like right wing connotations, doesn't it? I don't know how I feel about that. Well, I think it's I think it's more like the whole the whole reason of it was like taking the knee for like Yeah, but I'm that. I understand that. I just don't want to think that I'm a Nazi. Oh yeah. No, I mean I mean I don't think it's like a Nazi connotation. I think it's, it's like- more of like when I was in the when I was in America last year in twenty twenty, I had a DIY shirt on and some woman at the US Capitol building. Um, was like giving it a large, like yeah, but yeah, man, you tell them, and she must have thought it was some sort of like, you know, it was like no, no one was going to do it for you, and it was like she must have thought that was some sort of like bootstrap fucking Republican, you know, rah rah t shirt, and I was like, oh my god, no, what the fuck have I done? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you gotta be so I'm a little that. scared about wearing wearing certain wrestling t shirts in public after that. 
that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Jonah, um, who previously wrestled in NXT as Bronson Reed, uh, apparently he has had offers to come back to WWE. I mean, given that he's currently main eventing New Japan pay-per-views against the Carter, that might not be on the cards. That match he had with the Carter last week was banging. He is literally the top monster, isn't he? And like, he, he, he basically said in an interview a couple of weeks ago that like New Japan's made him love wrestling again. So, like, we'll wait and see on that yeah. one. The first like fifteen minutes of that match with a card that was just showed and made for them. That match you had, I mean, I haven't seen, I haven't seen the most recent one, Sarah. Actually, I didn't see it. Um, the match they had in the G one was phenomenal. Yeah, um, yeah. This this one was good. It was, it was. I mean, it was essentially a card getting his win back because obviously Jonah was the only person who beat in the G one. Yeah, but as I say, it was just Jonah murdering a card and then a card kicking out of everything Jonah could throw at him. Managing to fucking tombstone him, if I remember rightly, and then hit him with just one. Just one remaker. One. Maintain yeah, it, it's an interesting one, Jonah, because I think in Triple H's WWE, he'd thrive, but also I think he's doing probably the best work of his career in New Japan at the moment. Yeah, I think he'd be crazy to leave New Japan based on how they're currently booking him. Yeah, because he. He feels like, especially because they've got him leading a faction, which is always when they like mm. perceive somebody as being a big deal. Unless it's like Taguchi Japan, and then don't worry about it. And New Japan crowds love a big foreign monster, and he is a big foreign monster. Yeah, like li- literally, they've got they've got like the recipe for like a modern day Anoki versus Vader with Akada and Jonah right there. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't claim to know anything about Jonah and, and what he wants to achieve in the business, but I can't see this happening. As I say, I think it's 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 more likely under Triple H because he was like one of Triple H's guys, mm. like Triple H. But prior to prior to Triple H, like having his health problems, and then pretty much getting ousted from NXT. Jonah was one of his like projects that he was like trying to push to the moon, and then obviously he. He started that, lost his belt more or less immediately, and then got released like a week later. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it it it's one of them. I think if he goes to WWE, Triple H will probably actually book him right. I think I think he get. I say he get booked better. I don't think he'll get booked much worse than he did previously. Mm. I mean, to be fair, and in, in, in NXT, he didn't get booked bad at all. No, no, it was just a travesty when he goes to the main roster. Well, he didn't. That was oh, no. Oh, to me, when he, when he was like towards the end, it was like his last when he dropped the belt and then like just disappeared basically and then got released. Yeah. Which when we thought he was going to go to the main roster, but then yeah, he just got released. Uh, all right. The last little bit of WWE news then. Um, happy Corbin is set to undergo a gimmick change. We all ready for a Happy Corbin gimmick change? Uh, yeah. Apparently, it's to quote, bring back more of an edge to his character. And it's rumored that JBL could be managing him and uh, it could be. Back, he could be back as soon as this week because he's been sort of teasing being back, hasn't he? JBL, yeah. Well, they did like an angle on the 2nd of September episode of SmackDown, yeah, the day before Clash of the Castle, so quite a while ago. Um, where Corbin had lost another match and he was kind of walking backstage dejected, and JBL's limo pulled up and like door opened, and yeah, JBL go get in, and then he got in. And then we've not seen him since. I want JBL to beat on him like he's the blue mini. <laughs> but uh, just, yeah. just like just like be like that William Regal sort of like, you know, slap the piss out of him, teach him some teach him discipline. 
the the only um the only other kind of reference to it that there's been so far is that um WWE.com tweeted out a thing saying like it's Happy Corbin's birthday, what should he get? And JBL quote retweeted it saying a new manager. Fair. So like, okay, well this this seems like that's where they're going. Um I mean <clears throat> JBL's one of those characters and he's he, he'll he'll get Corbin more heat than Corbin already gets, which is a lot. Yeah. Um. But do we want I, another? Are we ready for another Baron Corbin push? I mean, he's a good wrestler. He's just he's just always had shit characters. Yeah, he's not been treated very well. Actually, his, his booking's not been kind to him. And even then, he's not. It's not that he's always had shit characters. Like when he was like the Lone Wolf, he was a good character, and then he got to the main roster and got very quickly defanged. Yeah. Like when John Cena just squashed them for reasons. And D Heard, which was for the best we thought. Yeah. But even that, like him D Heron was like him like rallying for a gimmick change for months. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. all right, yeah. So yeah, I mean you gotta you gotta sort of like, give this a chance, I suppose. I mean I'm not it's I mean it's it's two things that don't exactly thrill me. A Baron Corbin, B JBL. Neither yeah. of my favourite things in wrestling for various reasons. <laughs> I mean, look at it this way: when Baron Corbin first showed up as the Lone Wolf in NXT, I saw him and was like, "There's something about him that he feels like he's going to be a star." Yeah. And then, even like the way they like portrayed them leading up to, I can't even remember what it was leading up to, but they, for a while, till he till he turned them heel, I guess it was like, "Oh yeah, this guy's going to be big." I think. The, then, I think the Seth feud, like that. Put a lot of people against him in, in I, I for realsies. I, I think in NXT though there was a lot of stuff that kind of like hindered him a bit. And then when he uh, when they did that thing where they like basically blamed all the shortcomings on him. Mm. Oh, that was and, weird. Yeah, it was, it was like so... you're the bosses now. Cut, still Corb, and he's like the worst. It was like because yeah, he's, he's been for real booking the show for the last like six months that's, yeah that's... I, I was like you do realise people see through that shit and know that he's actually like a figurehead for you guys <laughs> has he has he ever won a title uh, he's been the US champion so he didn't win one NXT did he he never won an NXT title no. which I think kind of hurt him a bit because he had this like monstrous like unstoppable aura but that... he came he came onto the main roster having never won a title which, which seems a bit weird I, I think that was it for me, where it was like he he was felt like he was gonna be NXT champion at one point, and then he got he come up like at the, the exact same time like Samoa Joe. Yeah. He was like, "Well, are you gonna give it to him or are you gonna give it to Joe?" Come on. I was like, "Here, here, <laughs> here are two monsters, and obviously Samoa Joe is the one who gets the title." Yeah, of course. So, yeah, um, yeah. He also had the worst match on the card at NXT. Takeover London, which might be one of the worst takeover matches I've ever seen. Against him. Apollo. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. They just didn't have any chemistry. Oh, fair enough. Um, yeah, so I mean, excited for this new gimmick. And what are the odds of this something to do with crypto? <laughs> That'd be quite good, actually. He's gonna take Cameron Grimes' one gimmick from, from NXT and uh plop it onto Corbin. Well, Cameron Grimes did kind of distance them from the crypto bro now. Because I'm shocked that in real life that JBL has not gone into crypto. It seems like his exact sort of thing. Considering like he was legit like a Wall Street like mogul while yeah. he was still 
yeah, it does feel odd. Uh, right then, we'll uh, we'll have a quick break before we head into some recaps. If you're listening to us on Jack's Radio, and as I always say, if you're not, why not? Get on it. We'll get some boss music. You know, some gorillas. A feel good ink. Uh, and then we'll be back in a few minutes for the Raw and SmackDown recaps. And we're back. Okay. Going to start out with WWE Raw. This was not National Scissoring Day. This was DX's, was it the 20th? No, not 25th. 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 Was it only 25? Yeah, 97. Oh, that's not too bad. I, was, I thought it was like 30 something. I was going to feel really old, but 25 I can live with. Yeah, I mean, it, it, when you watch them and you see it, the, the kind of sad old, like old man shit. <laughs> So I haven't seen any of this week's Raw, but I did see the cold open, and it was fucking abominable. Yeah, um, it was literally just here are some fifty-year-old guys doing dick jokes. Yeah, which I mean, that was what the ex when he came back was only they were forty, not fifty. That <laughs> so was less sad. Um, slightly, slightly. Yeah, there was a bit where Road Dog just shouted penis. <laughs> yeah. And- it's the it, um, it's the it Kevin was, James, it's the Kevin James School of Comedy, isn't it? Yes, um, like the Adam Sandler, the David Spader, you know, the sort of the Rob Schneider, the Rob Schneider. It's, it's the it is the this is the Deuce Bigelow male gigolo of wrestling opens. Yeah, uh, it it wasn't good. Um, it was, yeah. No daddy ass, no buy for me. I'm sorry. It, it, it's mad. It's mad to think that like X Pac's like kind of gone like and done like a full like one eighty of like being the most hated member of DX and now like probably the most beloved. How is he? The, how is he like the the one we all like now? How is he like the, the good one? Because he just doesn't like he, because no, not... because he figured because it right. It's like if I can just go off on a, a tangent for a second. It's like Friends. So the whole point of Friends for me is that Chandler is the only one who knows he's a dickhead and therefore he's the best one. Yes, and X Park was the first person in DX to figure out that he's a prick, and then he changed, and now now he he's not a prick, and everyone else still is. Well, X Park just like just it speaks sense, whereas like then you got Road Dog, who's like, oh yeah, I want a job with AEW, so I'm gonna just shit talk them nonstop. Well, no, he wanted a job with AEW, then he didn't get one, and then he shit talked them, and then he went back to WWE. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, just, just, I mean, one of my favorite things this year was just X Pac roasting Kane on Twitter because Kane is now a fucking lunatic, and X Pac is like actually sane, and I don't understand how that happened. I I loved him. Um, do you remember when uh, the Fiend versus Seth Rollins held the cell match, and X Pac was doing the watch along, and he yeah. just he just goes, "How do you do that? Like, you're not going to ask me back, but why would you do that?" <laughs> So yeah, I mean, at least Xbox back on TV, and that's fun. We can all we can all be happy for that, can't we? I like yeah. I, we we all love Pac now. It's it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we have with Joey Janela earlier in the year. Yes, was that the one with Joey Janela like destroyed his action figure? Yes. Yeah. Um. Right then. Uh. Next up, we had a Bloodline and Riddle promo. Yeah. Um. Basically, they realised oh shit, we backed ourselves into a corner by. Putting a stipulation that Riddle can't challenge for the title because they've got Riddle with like probably the most momentum out of anyone on the roster at the moment. Where would he just beat Seth, didn't he? In front of <clears throat> yeah. Um, so he, he basically come out and challenged Roman, and then Sami Zayn kind of like stepped on when nah, I'll wrestle you instead. And then they said, Beat a lot. 
Um, which, yeah, yeah, reasons. Um, uh, next up, then, first match of the night, uh, Johnny Gargano defeated Austin Theory. Uh, and obviously, this yeah. is, is going to be a classic WWE style feud where they just wrestle each other like five times for no real reason. Clean as a whistle as well. Well, yeah. apparently, actually, um, one of the discussed plans is that Theory is going to have to defend his briefcase against Johnny Gargano. I mean, we literally called this about four weeks ago, didn't we? Yeah. And th- this is this is the best way to do it because Johnny's just be theory clean on Raw. So now Theory can get his win back to defend the briefcase. Yeah, or Johnny can take or, the briefcase. Alternatively, hear me out. How about just Johnny Gargano just beat him every time? Yeah, that would that would be nice. <laughs> I prefer that. Um yeah, this, this was this was fun. Um uh, next up then, Rey Mysterio defeats Chad Gable. Now, if you're wondering where the Judgment Day, the answer is they're right here, and this is the, not the last time we're going to see them tonight. Yeah, they they came out during the match. Um, well, Rhea and Dominic. Um, after Ray picks up the win, Judgment Day beat up Ray, and Dominic hits Ray with the 619. Ooh, yeah, yeah, indeed. You know, like, can, can you not call it just like the 6.9 because it's like more sexy that way? The 69. <laughs> um, so after that then, yeah, um, Judgment Day, call it AJ Styles. Good Brothers are back. Yay. Speaking of dick jokes, here's, here's Doc Gallows. Maybe that's, okay. maybe maybe Road Dog saying penis at the start of the show, summon Doc Gallows. Yeah, potentially. I mean, did, did anyone have any danglies on at all? No, but there was like Triple H did choke a chicken at the start of the show, didn't he? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, Gallows is already fucking. So Gallows was catching the kids. Gal- um... Gal- Gallows Gallows is already like jizzing out like a sling ring portal from <laughs> Doctor Strange. So just, like... <laughs> just does it by helicopter and his dick around. This thing is. Fuck you, yeah, buddy! <laughs> so yeah, the Good Brothers are back, and that's cool because it means they're not going to turn up in AW and ruin the tag division. So I'm kind of happy. Yeah, what well, one thing we actually omitted from the news um, was that Carl Anderson is well, Carl Anderson's ne- a, a legitimate liar. Well, that too, but also he's uh, still the never open weight champion, and the Good Brothers are going to be allowed to honor all their dates through Wrestle Kingdom. Yes, so. So he's probably going to drop the belt at Wrestle Kingdom, is what we're saying. Well, he's defending it against Hikaleu next week, so he's probably going to drop it to Hikaleu. But then, Fair. also World Tag League, so there's the potential that the Good Brothers could win World Tag League. Oh, God. No, thank you. And then get murdered by FTR and fucking Wrestle Kingdom. Just get thrown back to the bin door like a... Although I don't... Scooby-Doo villain. I, I don't think that WWE would let them wrestle AEW talent. No. I think they'll probably be very selective of who they'll allow the Good Brothers to wrestle. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, no one who's appeared on Forbidden Door, I don't think. <laughs> so yeah, the Good Brothers are back. They, they were the AJ Styles. Obviously, we're building to AJ Styles and the Good Brothers, the OG, I believe they referred to them, versus Judgment Day. The OC. OC. Yeah. Oh, yeah, original that's club. They, that's what they were called. Yeah, that's what that's they were all, called. Uh, that's how much cast mate. He's in AW. Yeah, well, they, they called them the OC because they tried to buy the name and rights for Bullet Club, but they 
offered New Japan an absolutely obscenely low offer, apparently. <laughs> it's like 20 quid. Can we have it? Like, no. It was, no, it was literally, it was like, here's 10 grand. Can we have all of the Bullet Club? <laughs> you know, and your you... number one merch selling like stable. Can, yeah. we, can we have their rights, please? And New Japan were just like, we probably made that in like a week on merch, at <laughs> least. No. Fair. Uh, next yeah. up then, Baron Saxon. He's off the desk. He's backstage now and he's interviewing Damage Control. <clears throat> yeah. Um, pretty much was just like, what? where'd you go from here, losing to Bianca? And it was weird because Bailey was quite like quiet during this. And then like Dakota kind of like jumped in and was like, well, we've got it back. So nothing's changed, sort of thing. Is it like, yeah, them saying, oh, yeah, basically the booking's um, ruined your entire momentum. What are you going to do now? More or less, yeah. Um, Fair. Yeah. Um, speaking of damage control, um, Candice LeRae beats Bailey, and then damage control come out and beat up uh, Candice and Bianca. Yeah. Um, Candice basically reversed the, the Rose plant into a like, roll-up. Uh, just Bailey pretty much dominated the match. But I, I'm I'm into the idea of Candice LeRae and Bailey having a feud because they seem to have good chemistry from when I've, whenever they've like been on screen together, whether that's in like a promo side of things or wrestling. So fair. Be down for that. Uh, next up, it was Woodstock '99 attendees Miz's <laughs> birthday. Seriously, I haven't seen the Woodstock documentary on Netflix. Uh, yeah. Miz is in like, Miz is in like <laughs> the first. He's in like the first thirty seconds of it. Yeah. Do you reckon the Miz did any of the uh, crimes? I reckon he was ripping those fucking panels off the sound desk, yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> if Fred Durst tells the Miz to do something, he fucking does it. I, I reckon the Miz was one of the people who flipped the car and jumped up and down on it. <laughs> Fair. Um, uh, yeah, so Miz is out for his birthday celebration. DX hype up some local jobbers. Uh, well, the Miz, the Miz birthday celebration, just to go into that very quickly. Um, it it was it was again silly bollocks. Um, the Maurice gave him a pair of giant balls, like exercise balls, because obviously he's he's got ball. Um, what's the word? Insecurity. Yeah. Dexter uh, Loomis popped up under like one of the presents, and then attacked him. Is um, pushed Maurice into the cake and then ate some cake. Okay, um, so it says here. You've said DX hype up local jobbers, set up a Miz v Loomis. If Loomis wins, yeah. he gets a contract. That did that match did not happen tonight, right? No, that, that happens. Well, that happens tonight. All right, so it's happening this next week on the next show. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't know yeah. whether it, I didn't know whether like it happened and just got fucking obscure by all the bullshit that went on around it, or whether it was being advertised for. for no, deadline. no, it was, it was basically like there were these two jobbers, and DX were like trying to hype them up. Get them all riled up. They go to the ring, and then Miz and Maurice walk past. This is the X, the group that buried FDR, by the way. Yeah. Um, but wait, well, I brought some local Miz drums, and... so that's fine. Yeah, Miz and Maurice walk past, um, and then Road Dog basically booked um, Miz versus Loomis and Shawn Michaels and Xbox. Like, are you allowed to do that? I was like, I don't know. So, yeah. Uh, and this leads to almost just murdering said jobbers. Fair. Uh, very quickly. I suppose he's got to do something, hasn't he? Yeah, we'll get to that in a bit. You can't have him actually wrestle because no thank you. So you've got to keep him busy. 
You clearly haven't looked at the SmackDown results yet. I'm, I'm, I'm just um, living in bl- ignorance is bliss, mate. I'm having a great time. Ah, you're gonna get you're gonna get upset. Well, first off, actually, you you won't get upset by this because we got we got the the creation of a hoss fight. Um, Bobby Lashley's basically like listing down all the people he's beaten this year. Yeah, and he says Brock Lesnar, and everyone was like, "Ooh!" And like, there's a there's a weird pause, and he just carries on with his promo, and then Brock's music hits, and Brock just comes up and murders Bobby Lashley. Um, this is smooth, Brock. Now, isn't it? No, no, he's his beard's back. Is it beard back? Oh, nice. Do you mean he's got so much testosterone he can just grow back in like three days? Pretty much, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a it it's like um one of those like play doh dolls that grow the hair. <laughs> he just pushes on that like tattoo on his chest and it just sprouts out of his um <laughs> yeah. sprouts out of his face. Pretty much, um, yeah. Um, so he comes out, does a murder on uh, Bobby Lashley, like. When I say that, like he literally, like I think he hit him with like three F fives, and then he he was like teasing going for another, Cause, and then obviously I think you want Lashley to be the face in this, so instead of going for an F five, Brock just got him in the Kimura and like snapped his arm. Okay, and I started like booing him. Um, looks like that's going to be happening at Crown Jewel. Which will will be a full match. But I'll tell you what, it won't though. It won't be for the US title because. Well, yeah, because Seth Rollins come out and beat Bobby Lashley in a somewhat competitive match. Like obviously, Bob, Bob Lashley protected by the fact that he's just been murderized by Brock. Yeah, like there, there was the whole thing of like Lashley's Lashley's arm was potentially broken. Um, the finish was like Lashley was queuing up for the spear, if I remember. And Seth just like kicked his arm out. Okay. Bumped him. Um, and yeah, Seth won the US Championship. Fair. Uh, following for that, we had Riddle versus Sammy. Yeah, um, Riddle won this by Jay So trying to interfere to help Sammy. Sammy basically telling Jay, no, I've got this. And I'm walking into an RKO. Fair. An RK bro. An RK bro. Yeah, um, just essentially just kind of continuing the whole tension between Sammy and Jay. Yeah, it's that like, miscommunication, isn't it? Like, yeah, they're, they're sort of getting in each other's way. They step on each other's feet. They're like, they're, they're trying so hard much to like sort of ingratiate themselves to each other. They're getting in each other's way and sort of you know winding each other up. So yeah, yeah. Well, well, Jay like never wanted Sammy in the bloodline. He hates him. Um, yeah, and Sammy just wants to be in the bloodline. Yeah, he just wants to be friends with everyone. Which he is nice. just wants to be in use and on yeah. use. Uh, and then we finish off the episode with the 25th anniversary celebration for DX. Yeah, most notable thing of this was Corey Graves saying there is another guy, but he's too busy doing stuff in, on another channel with um, office appliances. Yeah, because Road Dog did the New Age Outlaws bit and then the crowd filled in Billy Gunn's part, didn't they? Yeah, and Shawn Michaels threw up the scissors and went like you went, they did the actual like, snipping. Oh, Shawn Michaels, for sure. Shawn Michaels fucking loves the acclaim myth. Oh, Shawn, Shawn Michaels would absolutely do the daddy ass stuff if he was about able to. Shawn Michaels would scissor daddy ass. If he ass. Like, the WWE, Shawn Michaels would be new daddy ass. <laughs> For anything else? Oh. From the, anything else before we move on? Um, well, something's literally just broke now. That apparently, uh, in regards to Austin Theory's Money in the Bank, that apparently he's going to be defending it at Crown Jewel against uh, 
Kevin Owens and uh, Johnny Gargano. That's not confirmed. That's just a rumor. That's just yeah, just just a rumor that's come up now. This minute. Fair. Um, right then, we'll move on to SmackDown. Uh, so this starts with carrying Cross in a car crash. Yeah, like a literal car crash. Um, yeah, like his car crashed against the wall. Um, and the, it was quite cool. So you see, like in the background, loads of security, like stopping something from coming, as like Adam Pierce is checking up on like Scarlet and Cross. And you just see Drew like breaking out from like this crowd of people and just like attacking Cross and he started brawling. I love that. So it's like Karen Cross is in a legit car crash and like Drew McIntyre's first instinct is to just go and punch him. Yeah. It, it was it was really well shot though, he did it though. It was so it was so good. Yeah. <coughs> uh, next up then we have the New Day promo and a Sammy and Jay promo. Yeah, so New Day are essentially just saying we Want to like try and win back the tag titles before the Usos break our record? Fair. Um, I mean, not going what to we, you know. what we were kind of talking about last week, weren't we? Yeah, um, good, good luck with that. Yeah, uh, and then the Sammy and Jay promo was essentially Roman had like asked Jay to help Sammy, and Sammy was like, "Look, don't get involved because you cost me on Raw." Right. Okay. Um. So then Sammy has another match this time with Kofi Kingston, and this time he wins. Yeah, off a Jey Uso distraction. Right, so yeah. it actually works this time. Yeah. Um, but they're like, they're, there is still a tension there. Uh, right, next up, uh, Ray wants to quit because he cannot fight his son. He won't do it. Yeah. And Triple H tells him basically he's going to move him to move him to SmackDown. Well, he, he doesn't exactly say, I don't want you to quit. Let's go in the office and have a tour. Uh, one notable thing about this as well was outside of Triple H's office on the wall was like a printout of the new um, Bray Wyatt logo, like the moth. Mm. Um, and there was somewhat like a hooded figure walking towards it as like Ray and Triple H went into the office. Oh, spooky. Um, yeah, more on that later because it's not the fit. Yeah, realize if Ray has moved to SmackDown, that's just in time to feud with Legado del Fantasma, which would be nice. Give me some of that. I would not say no to... Uh, Rey Mysterio King Quinn or rematch for sure no that would be lovely um, so Braun's out and he's killing some jobbers Omos comes yeah. to the ring and he wants a match with Braun really pretty I mean... much yeah they, they come out during during the match um, through the crowd and then MVP cuts a promo saying that like Omos is the real monster I mean Omos is the only thing is Omos the new Jan Gonzalez I think he's better than Jan Gonzalez I think a wall is better than Jan Gonzalez well, yeah, exactly. The wall was as well. <laughs> um, little WCW reference for everyone there. But this, this, this could be like this could verge dangerously close to Big Show Yeti territory, couldn't it? Yeah, or that really bad Big Show Carly match that was on the main roster. Yeah, I mean they're not, but they're both of them are not guys lauded for their mobility and work rate, are they? No. Although that being said, Braun's looked a lot more. Like he's, he has like trimmed up and lost quite a bit of weight. Yeah, and he can do train things. Presumably that'd be fine. He's looked he's looked a lot more like kind of agile than he has previously. Right. So who knows? He'll be the work rate guy in that. Oh, um, like saying I'm the work rate guy. You don't like you don't I, want that. I, I, um, you not seen, have you not seen that um that clip of him and Big Show from a house show that a couple of years ago? Yeah, and they're doing like the Owen Hart World of Sports pod. 
Uh, right, next up then, Ellie Knight's back and he's murdering Mansoir. Yeah. Uh, after the match, he cuts a promo, basically generic Ellie Knight promo. It's sort of it's sort of tweenerish. It's like he's not he's not quite on board with the fans, even though the fans love him. He's like he, he sort of talks down to them, but then he's basically just puts the roster on notice. Yeah. Um, get him in a feud with Roman ASAP. Oh, that's a, that's a, a bold shout. Oh, he's fucking great, though. He? Imagine the promos between LA Knight and Roman. Yeah. Does he, feel, does he feel big enough, though? To, they have, again, they haven't built him, have they? So they need to build him now. Like, Yeah. I think if they had of, like, brought him up to the main roster as LA Knight, instead of bringing him up as a fucking manager. Like, for... Instead of just fannying around for, like, four months with all this nonsense. Yeah. That would have been nice. Yeah. All right, next up, Damage Control, defeat Raquel Gonzalez, Shotzi, and Roxanne Perez. Yeah, um, so part of the Roxanne Perez-Cora Jade match is that they they basically get a pick-your-poison match on NXT this week. Yeah. Where each yeah, so one they're, gets they're, a representative. They're picking each other's opponents, aren't they, from like... Uh, no, so they're picking a representative. So Roxanne picks one from SmackDown and Cora picks one from Raw. So Cora Jade's on Raw tonight. Uh, Roxanne's on SmackDown. Oh, okay. Um, and a bit, basically a tag match with Raquel and Shotzi was kind of like her alluding that she was going to pick one of them. There was like a, there was a little thing backstage earlier where they, which set this match up, but that yeah. was pretty much it. Fair. Um, yeah. Next up then, Legado the Fantasma pretty much just squashed Hit Row because they're the new boys now and they're the, they're the hot ticket. Oh, God. It wasn't even a shanty the Adonis. He took the pin. It was top dollar. Really? Oh. The, bi- the big lad gets murked by two luchadors. You love to see it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. well, Hit Row, welcome to, uh, welcome to main event. I mean, um, Santos Escobar just feels like a big deal already. I mean, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna yeah bury someone, it may, it might as well be for Santos Escobar because he is fucking money. Yeah, and he's he's someone as well that like has been talked about being like going to main roster for ages. Yeah, and like when when he debuted, he felt like he was ready to, and then he had a really good run in NXT oh, yeah. until he like. I bet they didn't tell it about this when they were resigning. Did they? Well, what what's interesting was that before Hit Row got called up to the main roster, they were starting this feud. Yeah, and then they got called up, then released, and um, yeah, like, yeah. Welcome, welcome back, Dollar. If you could just lie down and look at these lights, for no reason. Um, just yeah, just, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next up, then Liv Morgan attacks Sonya Deville because she's evil now. She does extreme things. Well. So Sonia Deville was cutting a backstage promo, and she basically just started shit talking Liv, and then Liv attacks her. And um, this was the other one where there was like a hooded figure looking at the Bray Wyatt logo on the wall behind. Like basically, the way it was shot was that like Liv was, and all, all the Liv and Sonia stuff was happening on like the left hand side of the screen. Yeah, and on the right hand side of the screen was this other thing going on where it was like, oh yeah, well it clearly. They've clearly shot her like that, so you it kind of makes your eyes stray away from what's actually going on. Right. Um yeah, again, it just kind of just 
just sort of sprinkling in a few more teasers about the Wyatt Six, I think, and stuff like that, because we don't know exactly what it is. Yeah, I mean, um, there's, there's a bit of a clue later. We'll get to that in a second. Like, not a clue, but like a little hint at maybe what might be coming down the line. Um, well, there's a hint of someone who might be coming for sure. Next up then, probably the big match of the night, Rey Mysterio defeats Ricochet, Sheamus, and Solo Sokoa to become number one contender for the Intercontinental Championship. Have you seen the finish for this? Uh, no, but I have seen um, a clip of Walter powerbombing Rey Mysterio off the top rope at uh, 16 carats uh, so hard that his mask came off. That was Ray Phoenix. Was it Ray Phoenix? Yeah, because we've done a watch along of it on the YouTube oh, nice. channel. But you'll probably do that to Ray as well, which would be hilarious. So yeah, um, yeah, because he do- he rips his mask so bad that it keeps falling off, and then um, when I say it comes off, off, it like it fucking flies across. It like flies out the ring. <laughs> yeah, and then someone someone brings him another mask, and he puts it on, and then the finish is Walter basically like getting him in a getting him in a sleeper and then because Ray won't tap he just pulls it fair enough absolutely bastard real play it's great um, so, yeah. so tell, me, tell me about the finish of this match then so it was uh, so so Solo and Sheamus brawl to the back with like the bloodline and the brawling bo- brutes so then it's just Ray and Ricochet in the ring um, Ricochet blocks a 619 and he goes for it looked like he was going for like an Alabama slam or something, or like a dead eye. Mm. And then Ray managed to flip that into like an inverted Canadian destroyer. Oh, nice. And like Ricochet lands right on top of his head and then rolls through into like the 619 position. And then Ray, Ray hits the 619 and wins. Fair. Yeah. But it was just that move. It was like fucking hell. <laughs> like, and then, yeah, we finish with a Bray White promo. Um, a weird Bray White promo. He's not in character. He's not anyone. Um, he's 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 apparently, for all intents and purposes, himself. That new entrance is fucking awesome. Yeah, it's super the cool. Song, the song's banging. Um, Shatter by Code Orange. Hurry up and fucking release it, please. <laughs> um, because I'm desperate to listen to it all of the time. But yeah, he cuts uh, a promo basically about himself, saying about like how it's been a tough year for him and he's had all these problems and you have to overcome them and people have been in touch with him to say that he's helped them overcome their problems. And it's a really nice promo, really heartfelt. Yeah, there's a bit where someone shouts, we love you, Bray, and he like sort of like stops and like gets emotional and they're like, I love you too. Um, and then as it's kind of like, it's weird. So I feel like a lot of this come from the heart, but I also feel like it was leading into... It was deliberately like emotional to lead into what happened next. Yeah, which is as he's kind of almost as he's kind of like coming to like a crescendo in the promo, isn't it? Like he's he's about to like outline his like intentions, and the lights go out, and on the screens like the new mask, which I believe is going to be called Uncle Howdy. Uh, Fightful said, mm. but that's internally listed as Un- Uncle Howdy. Um. And they've also trademarked the term Uncle Harper, which we'll get to in a sec. Um, and he, he basically, uh, I did have to, bear with me, I did have a transcript of this up, and I've fucking shut it like an idiot. Um, he's, basic, he's basically like saying you've not seen anything yet. Um, and there's like a lot of stuff that flashes on the screen, one of which is another mask. Well, it's Which interesting because like, the first mask isn't that the mask that Bray was wearing at Extreme Rules? Yes. So That's it's all it's, it's it's almost as if like 
this new personality is at odds with him as a person. Yeah, well, he, he, he says you have no idea who you're dealing with, but you'll know soon. Yeah. But there's, there's a bit which flashes where there's like another mask, which is, it, it's almost like a, it's like a goat's mask with like a big tongue coming out of it. Um. Now, initially, when the Wyatt family was split up in the draft, there was an Eric Rowan return video, which had that same clipping. Right. So everyone seems to think, oh, yeah, Eric Rowan's probably going to come back and be a part of this, which would make sense because yeah. Bray, Bray seems to like having like his sort of specific people who he works with, doesn't he? Um, they're on that kind of same wavelength and obviously Rowan's one of them people. Yeah. Uh, I know I know as well, uh, backstage at Raw this week, we're, um, we're uh, Vincent and Dutch from The Righteous. Yes. Yeah. Who were very good friends with Bray. So Top spooky boys. Wouldn't be surprised that they were part of this faction if it is a faction. Yeah. Yeah. Great. What did you think of Bray's promo? Uh, yeah, I liked it. Um, it was, as you said, as I said, it was very, very heartfelt, very emotional. I'm, I'm intrigued by this idea. As I said, that like his new persona, it's like almost like a Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde thing, maybe where it's like it's like an unwanted sort of facet to his personality. Yeah, well, it it was like the the whole kind of like illusion of it all is that there's the Wyatt Six in the sense that this is the sixth kind of like rebrand he's done. Yeah. But then there's also the right the Wyatt Six where they could do it as if it's like what the way they've got all the puppet. Or they yeah, all, all the puppet are they six? Are they six people? Like yeah, each one kind of representing a different facet of his like former personalities. Um, either way, I mean, Bray's always exciting, isn't he? It's yeah, probably the most exciting WWE's been for a fucking while. Yeah, just don't fuck it up this time. Like, I I get the impression that they're gonna kind of go. All right, well, just do your thing. Yeah. It un- unless they like uh, like Triple H seems quite like open to letting people just do their own thing, unless he's got like an like a point that he wants hammering home or like a direction he wants it something to go. He seems like he's not really too upset about all this stuff. Just keep waving the bell for a bit and then let him establish himself and we'll be all right, I think. I, I think if he has a match with Roman, it should be either non-title or the belt should be well off Roman. Yeah, absolutely. All right, then. That'll wrap us up for WWE. Uh, we'll have a quick break on Jax again. If you're listening on Jax, you can have some 100 Reasons and some Hellas for Heroes because they're going out on a tour next year, which we're hopefully going to go and see. Yeah, boy. Uh, and we're back in a second to talk AEW. Okay, and we're back. Uh, right. Uh, so straight into some AEW news. Uh, not a lot here, but the, the things we've got are quite meaty. So we'll get we'll get straight in. Uh, so first off, as of last week, the third party investigation into the All Out Brawl or Brawl Out had apparently stalled. And Dave Meltzer reported in the Wrestling Observer newsletter today that CM Punk, A Steel, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks have not heard anything from AEW. They are also in the dark about any timetable for the investigation being completed. Now, interestingly, A Steel did. Like tweet privately something about freedom. Oh, mm. um, so Triple A had Triple Mania this weekend. Yeah, and uh, Conan, who's like the head booker for Triple A, 
basically said he'd contacted Kenny Omega about recording like a video package to challenge the winner of Phoenix and El Higo de Vikingo. And he said, I can't for legal reasons. Oh, right. Okay. So obviously. It's all still very hush hush. It's all still very much like, yeah, I'm not allowed to do anything. So apparently one party is like not cooperating fully or something, um, which is obviously Larry. He's he's holding this whole thing up. And they've got to they've got to teach him how to speak English first, like yeah. yeah. Larry's turned heel. He's he's gone. He's gone full heel, mate. He's he's, he's just, yeah. He's just ruining everything for everyone. Larry's There's, a good boy. He's never gonna do that. So yeah. So obviously this this, this what this means probably in the short <coughs> terms that we're probably not gonna see anybody back in time for full gear. Yeah, I. I mean, we we aren't going to see Punk anytime soon, anyway. Maybe that's why he's being a dickhead about it. Are we? Are because... we? Are we? Are we assuming that it's Punk? Who else is it going to be? <laughs> Larry, I'm talking. Uh, oh, I, I suppose, like on another side of it, it could be Kenny in the sense that he's been in Japan, mm, possibly. But then it does feel on brand for Punk, doesn't it? Yeah, fair. Mm. Uh, right, moving on. Some more. Some more. Sad news, not sad, but sort of like a little, a little bit downer. Uh, current AEW star Dustin Rhodes has hinted that his in-ring career may be coming to an end. In a recent social media post, Rhodes wrote, "Quote, man, old age has caught up to me, guys. As much as I push myself beyond my limits, I can honestly say I am doing some heavy thinking about the next step. We all think we can go forever with new batteries, but time, capital letter all caps, comes for us all. Kind of, st- kind of scared, to be honest." Um. I don't know how to feel about this because on the one hand, Dustin Rhodes is old as fuck. But on the other hand, his last like five matches I've seen on TV have been absolute bangers. Yeah, I think he's I mean, he's certainly slowed down like his wrestling. Like I am pretty sure the article I took this from said he'd only had five matches this year. Which makes sense. I mean, I'd I'd be happy with him sort of settling into that sort of like quasi undertaker role where he just comes out every now and then when it's like serious time. Yeah, I mean I, I... I even like the fact that he's like kind of like the elder statesman of um, AEW in the sense that every now and again when they need someone who's like they know they can rely on to have a good match with someone, yeah, they can just bring him out and go all right, like like the Claudio match where it was like like yeah the Claudio I've match never... like the the Punk match as well was great. Mm. Whenever yeah. whenever someone's just like I want an opponent, they can be like all right, let's go, let's just do let's just do fifteen minutes of like. Good old school wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been really enjoying that, and I know he's he's got his other bits. Bob's like he's got he, he does a lot of work in the women's division in AEW, doesn't he? He's coaching, he's sort of helping behind the scenes. So he's he's got this, he's got like the sort of assist support network in place for him to have a life after his active career has ended. Yeah, and he he seems he seems like he's pretty much like going to spend like a long time in AEW anyway as a as like an agent or whatever. Yeah. Um. Which is odd when you think Cody's fucked up. Yeah, um, and then it, I mean, it's all, oh god, it's all, it's all like downer news this weekend. What have we done? Yeah, this like I, I was trying to find something like. <laughs> um, so the, the final piece of news: Dave Meltzer reported on Wrestling Observer Radio that it is unknown when Adam Cole will be back in the ring. Meltzer even speculated that Cole might never wrestle again. Such is the severity of his concussion. Although this is the kicker, though. The quote from Dave is, I mean, it's a concussion. It's a bad concussion. Real bad concussion. But I have not heard. I don't know. He'll be back when he's cleared. It could be tomorrow. It could be never. You know what I mean. So so there's no real story there, is there? <coughs> like He's got a concussion, but Dave doesn't know how bad it is, and he doesn't know when he's going to be cleared. I, I know um, 
I know on Adam Cole's Twitch, he's been wearing like the blue light glasses. Yeah, he's, he's, been, he's been complaining about having like really bad migraines, hasn't he, and stuff. So, and yeah, he said he's been getting real bad migraines. Um, I mean, Adam Cole's a fucking sweetheart, like, everyone. He's like universally beloved in wrestling, isn't he? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I love how like like we talked about this before. How like in the ring, he's like this absolute dickhead who like you know, cuts people down and like he's he's a scumbag. And then when he's on his Twitch, he's like people are like messing him, and he's like, oh man, how's your grandma? I'm, oh, he, yeah, he's going off for her birthday. I'm really glad, I'm really happy to hear that. Thanks for this, thanks for following. And he's like he's like the nicest guy in the world. Well, it, it's like on up up down down where like he was. I think at one point he was like the only one of of the four of them. In the past, he was a heel, mm. and you have like Claudio, uh, Creed, and Breeze, who were all faces, and they were all being horrible to him. And he was just like the butt of everyone's jokes. <laughs> and he's just like, Oh, guys, you're bullying me. <laughs> but yeah, no, seriously, hope Hope Cole is doing all right, and hope he's back as soon as it's, it's, it's safe for him to return, really. <clears throat> yeah, agreed. Um, it's sooner rather than later, although as we said, it could be anytime, we don't know, uh, yeah. right. We'll move on then. We'll have a little bit more music on Jax. We'll have some Coheed and Cambria, if you're listening on Jax. Enjoy that. Um, we'll be back in two seconds for some AEW recaps. Okay, and we're back. Um, so we had our first Dynamite kicks off with something that was sort of posted about an hour before the show started was the debut of Renee Piketh. Yeah, in her hometown of Toronto. Uh, it was just so cool. She came out big pop. She basically introed the show, which was lovely. Uh, you, just, you love to see it, don't you? Yeah, well, it was it was odd because you could tell like she'd not she was a little bit out of her comfort zone because she'd not done it for a while. Mm. But then she was also made up to be doing it again. Yeah. So it was like, oh, this is nice. Absolutely. Uh, then we kicked off our first match of the night was Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Um, maybe surprisingly to some, Luchasaurus gets the win here, which I think was the right decision. Yeah, I think they need to. They need to kind of keep Luchasaurus's momentum going because he feels like he's got a lot of catching up to do to get to Jungle Boy's level. Well, it's 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 sort of like the hero's journey, isn't it? Like Jungle Boy's got to lose and then go away and come back. Like if if he beats the monster straight away, then the monster's not the monster. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but it was a really fun match. Like uh, it was it was hard hitting. Uh, Luchasaurus won with that like sick burning hammer move he's got now. Yeah. Um, uh, it was cool as well because obviously Jungle Boy was like throwing everything he had at Luchasaurus, and there was a couple of times when I thought, "Oh yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna beat Luchasaurus here. He's gonna beat." Well, there was a few times where he puts him in the snare trap, and Luchasaurus just like, "Hang on, mate, I'm just like loads bigger than you," and he just like moves to the ropes. Yeah, doesn't he power out at one point as well? Yes. Yeah. Um. So yeah, really fun match. Good way to start. Then we had a promo with Matt Hardy, Private Party and The Firm, basically because Ethan Page and Stoke have been like um, booking around with Private Party, haven't they, like trying to tell Andrade that they've been contract tampering yeah. uh, and it basically turns out that Stokely's bought Private Party's contracts off Andrade and they're going to have a match on Rampage, uh, Ethan Page versus Isaiah Cassidy if Isaiah Cassidy wins, they get their contracts back, if he loses, then they also get Matt Hardy's contract with The Firm as well Yeah um, a little bit of stakes for you there. Yes. I mean, I'm just on a personal note, I know disrespect to my Hardy, but I'm really glad they did it. Um, Ethan Page versus Isaiah Casty, not Ethan Page versus my Hardy. Yeah, same. Yeah, it was, it was a fun match. Yeah. Uh, next up, we had a little squash squash. Uh, well, not, it was a kind of squash. Uh, Warjo beat the factory. 
Yeah. Um, choked, choked out. Um, was it QT or was it Conrad? Uh, Joe choked one of them out. Choked someone else, yeah. And uh, then, interesting. I think it was Conrad because QT then got like yeah. To death, it was it? interesting that QT was in this match. I thought it would be Conrad and Solo. Mm. If they were if they were sending out to die, I mean, I mean, it's interesting they put they put QT in this position. I, I was more interested that it was Comrado instead of Solo because been QT and Solo. Yeah, unless he Comrado wrestle, he's got a little bit of character now. He's he's doing that sort of fake Italian stereotype, anyway, which is which is quite fun. He, he's doing not Tony D'Angelo, <laughs> uh, full blooded Italian Nick Comrado. <coughs> After the match, then uh, the embassy come down to attack. Uh, FTR comes out with Sean Spe- uh, to make the save. The moments are still in the MSG's favour, and then Sean Spears returns. Yeah, and his music's like not as good as his perfect. previous music. It, it's basically his WWE music, but yeah. with like a WCW remix on it. It's like they let Mikey Ruckers listen to it like three times and then have a go at recording it as a challenge. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but um, yeah, he, he gets a yeah, big pop. Yeah, he's a big. He gets a big pox. He's a hometown boy. He's not a chair pervert anymore. No chairs in sight. No, I'm gutted that he's not got his uh, Josiah Williams music though. That did fuck, didn't so, it? That was so good. Uh, it's one of my favorite entrance themes in AW. So good. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, nice to see Sean Spears back. Hometown boy gets a big pop. He's face now. No mention at all about the animosity between him and Wardlow. Don't worry about it. Well, there was the little bit where he like looked at Wardlow, <laughs> like he, he like hugged FDR and he hugged um, Joe, but he like give Wardlow like a look as if to say "fuck you." <laughs> so yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that all pans out going forward. Uh, next up, we have Swerve Strickland defeats Daddy Ass. Fairly fun match. Um, Swerve yeah. wins by ups, absolute bellendery. Sneaky Swerve. Sneaky Swerve gets it done. Uh, following the match, the acclaimed come out and Smart Mark Sterling reveals that he's trademarked the term Sesame. Yeah. So this is really fun. I actually saw, and he actually has trademarked it as well. Like he, he went to the to the wrestling trademark lawyer. He's got a document and everything. Um, yeah. He came sure. out apparently the meet and greet because the acclaimed was scissoring like fans at the meet and greet. And he basically cut a promo saying that all the money from the meet and greet goes to him because he owns the trademark. I like this a lot. So apparently as well, um, one thing again, I forgot to put in the news because I didn't think it was too big of a deal, was that um, AW have trademarked the the faction name Varsity Club, which right. within uh, Smart Mark Sterling's Varsity uh, athletes are going to be coming Bad. like a bigger like entity. Yeah. Um, Maybe get Neil Griff Garrison in there. Yeah. Uh, next up, MJF promo. Bit of a bit of a weird one, but this is really oh. Yeah, so he, he basically cuts a promo. He basically he's pissed off with Stokely and says that if he ever does that to him again, he'll fire him. Basically, yeah. Because Stokely interfered in the match last week and he didn't want him to. He then cuts a promo. Basically, he breaks character effectively, but doesn't because it's wheels within wheels, and says that he doesn't like who he is when he goes out onto stage, but he has to be that person in order to be successful. He says he's well. He says he's got like a background story with William Regal. Yeah, deal at some point. I think that it could be that Regal like said, "If you want to get anywhere in this business, you're gonna to have to be a villain." Yeah, and like it, it kind of it. It's cool because it gives MJF um 
just to kind of play into the whole Joker thing of it, because obviously he was the Joker in the um, casino ladder match. It gives him kind of like the Joker sort of like origin story where it changes every time and he like yeah. chops and changes it for when he for whatever he needs it for. Which he's done like so many times already. Like that, that doc- if anyone's exactly. if, if anyone's not seen Making MJF the documentary, watch it. It's on YouTube. It's phenomenal. Oh, it's so good. It's uh, just so go good. and watch it. Stop what you're doing right now and go and watch it. It, it reminds me. Have you seen the film Creep? Yes. It reminds me so much of that. Uh, right then. Next up, we had another ten out of ten Hangman promo. Oh, Jesus! What these promo? These two promos were fucking. I mean, awesome. Moxie's promo was good. Moxie's promo was was like yeah. phenomenal. And then Hangman came out and was like, "Right, hold my beer," literally, and then just knocked it out of the park. Yeah, um, I I think it really, really like added like a level of intensity to what this match is going to be as well. I feel like again, it, it was. I wasn't. I mean, I was hot for this match because it's Moxley Hangman, but like it was sort of like simmering on the back burner. Like this promo just kicked the fire right up, and it's like, right, I want this now, like immediately. I, I still think this should be a pay per view match. I mean, it, it basically is, isn't it? It's a pay per view level match that they're putting on TV again because Tony Khan's a fucking lunatic. Yeah, and it's going head to head with NXT as well. So you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be phenomenal. I can't wait for this. Yeah, I'm really excited for it. Uh, next up, Chris Jericho defeats Brian Danielson um, after look, young Danny Garcia does a betray. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how I felt about this. I like it. I mean, I was sickened at the time it happened because obviously you, you all want Daniel Garcia to just be okay. But at the same time, I'm intrigued as to, to what it, it means going forward. And it, like yeah. the, the actual the actual moments where he, so he comes down and Jericho is about to wail on He's about to wang Danielson with the belt, and Garcia comes and like pulls the belt off him. He's like, "No, no, no!" And then he just nails Danielson with the belt, and like the crowd went ballistic after Danielson nailed Jericho with the knee as well. Yeah, the crowd went nuts when it happened. It, it, it like, not popped the crowd because they didn't like it, but you know, like the the sort of the shock, the ripple of shock that went through the crowd was phenomenal. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it's it's just again though the, the only issue I've got with it is it's. It's Jericho kind of like recycling another trope from like the inner circle. Like he did a similar thing with um with like Sammy and Proud and Powerful, didn't he? When he was in yeah. like the inner circle. Yeah, but now Daniel Garcia is back with his dads, and that's where he belongs. So yeah, that's true. Daddy's magic nibbles is... remain hard. They do, they do. Uh, next up, Nyla Rose, who's still who's just making doing the Lord's work as the. As the interim TBS champion, having stolen the belt, fucking brilliant, isn't she? Yeah, uh, she has a little segment with Anna Jay, and it's kind of odd. So obviously, I think the whole point of this is to try and like establish Nyla as a bit of a face. Yeah, because well, she's she, heel. But she's going against Jade, who's a face. Anna Jay's a face. Uh, sorry, Jade's a heel. Anna Jay's a heel. So she has to sort of be a bit. I mean, you can't hate Nyla because she's just too cool. Jade, Jade ain't a fucking heel. She did you hear the pop she got on fucking Rampage? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so her and uh, Nyla and Anna are going to have a match. Um, yeah, and if Anna wins, she gets to steal the TBS title. I don't quite understand the stipulation here. Yeah. Oh, just Nyla being a shit house is what we all need. Yeah, she loves cake. Joke's on you. Hey. I mean, surprise bitch, it's still like the, the funniest thing I've ever seen on AW television. Yeah. Joke's on you. I love cake. <laughs> 
Uh, speaking of women's action, next up, Hikaru Shida and Tony Storm defeat Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. Nicely, Shida back. Yeah. Um, interestingly, Shida pinned Britt. Yep. The old rivals. Yeah. Protecting Jamie. Protect Jamie. Make Jamie look strong. Next, uh, next world champion, women's world champion. Why not? Oh, gotta got be. Um. Next up, we had a Butcher in the Blade promo. They challenged Moxley and Cash and Claudio. Said if, they want real, if they want a real I fight, come and see Big Butch. You'll sort you out. Just, but this felt like a proper, like old school, like heel tag team mm. from like Aries. What was he? Was he if Butch you kept calling him, was it Crumbs? I think so. Yeah, but it was it was like, a good Mario Mugs, you Crumbs. It was a good um good promo. Yeah, we're really excited. Look forward fight to the me. match. Fight me. Yeah. So and then good. on to the main event. Um. Oh, um First of all, it was it was Orange Cassidy versus Park for the Atlanta Championship. And these, like you said, like we said to, on Tom Clark's podcast uh, the other week or the other day, we could watch these two wrestle forever, couldn't we? Like because um, they they have the best chemistry. They really do. Um, and they, what's cool is they do callbacks in each match, but they also always bring out something different in each, each match. Yeah. Highlight for me, this one was A, Pac selling DDTs like he'd been electrocuted. It was was fun. As always. Yeah. Uh, Pac dragging an unconscious Orange Cassidy halfway at the entrance ramp so he could tombstone him. Yeah. And then Orange just like rolling down. Orange not being able to get to the, yeah, he couldn't get to the ring in time, so he just like lay down and rolled down the ramp. Orange Cassidy does the best, like just beat the ten count. I think in professional wrestling, yeah, yeah, he's so good at it. Um, there, there was that really cool spot that led up to the tombstone as well, where Orange goes for a dive and Pack catches him and hits a falcon arrow on the floor. Yes, yeah, it was, it was fucking nuts. Such a good match, uh, like real back and forth. And Orange Cassidy wins. He, he, he so Pack's going for the um, going for the hammer, but Danhausen is the timekeeper and curses him. And then Pac just nails him instead. That was so good. <laughs> I, I love every time Dan Housen curses Pac, Pac just murders him. Yeah, he just no-sells it and kills him. It's like, yeah, okay. Something bad happens to Pac. So then Pac, Bryce takes the hammer off Pac, but Pac's got a second hammer, secret second hammer, under the ring. Yeah. But yeah. Orange Cassidy's ready for it. And he, um, the Orange punches him when he gets back in. And the, the, there's, there's the moment between the first orange punch and the second orange punch where I think you see like every facet of Orange Cassidy's character like in like a sort of five second period yeah he goes through like all the emotions in like five seconds and it's brilliant and then he just absolutely kills Pac he hits Pac with a second orange punch Pac goes down like he's died like he just he just falls backwards on like and sinks to the floor it's oh the selling is unbelievable so do you reckon Orange Cassidy should be in the argument for Wrestler of the Year? I said this about three, four months ago. I said he's been very quietly having a very good year. Yes. I think I this think, is the cherry on top of the key. I think if you're using a, a, a sort of football analogy, I think he's he's quietly secured a Champions League place. Yeah. Just without any fuss. Just got, got a solid third. You know, like easy he, he's money. De- he's, def- he's definitely on the plane going to the World Cup. Oh yeah, he's in the Ballon yeah. d'Or like discussion. He might not be winning it, but he's he's, he's in the list. You know what I mean? Yeah, he'll, he'll be in the top five. I think in, in another year he could easily be <clears throat> an easy an easy. I mean, some of his matches, you've got to remember, like 
All right, he's, I, he's... I think if they play the cards right, they could build them up to be a few, like probably the guy to take the belt off MJF. I mean, he's he's definitely he's like he's like late thirties as well. He's not young. Eighty-seven, yeah. Yeah. So if they do anything with him, it's got to be fairly soon. But mm. and I think there is definitely a a sort of a time a window an orange chastity window where you've got to do it in a certain time frame. Um, but yeah, I'd, I would I would dearly love. He's I mean he is he is like the most Chikara ass Chikara wrestler to ever Chikara, and here yeah. he is winning gold in AW, and it's Bye. phenomenal. He's fucking awesome. I, I love Orange Cassidy. But so. he's he's tweaked his character even since he's come to AW. He's he's very clever and he's very quickly figured out like how to get this character over on a major network, like to a mm. point where and he's evolved it so much from what it was in the Indies. And he's taken all the bits that work and he's very cleverly put them all together, got rid of some of the bits that maybe didn't work quite as well. And he's the way he's like adapted his style for television and his character for television I think that's so commendable yeah I think one thing that's like really like really cool to see with him is that obviously he still does like a lot of stuff that he did that he, that he did do when he started but he, it's almost it's almost as if the character himself's taking it more seriously like it's like it's like he's gone I'm actually really good at this Hmm. Maybe I should try more. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say something now that's probably gonna like finish off Jim Cornette, but I think Orange Cassidy's one of the smartest people in wrestling. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So yeah, on that note, well, um, congratulations to Orange Cassidy. Finally got some gold. Yeah, it was something like his like eighth title shot or something in AW, and it's mm-hmm. the first time he's won, which is great to see. Uh, we'll move on to Rampage, and we start with the, the aforementioned match: uh, John Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli defeating the Butcher and the Blade. I mean, obviously they were never going to beat them, uh, but they had a they had a jolly good go of it, and these were perfect. Like I think I thought their styles meshed really well. Yeah, just just like Moxley and um, Butcher just brawling at the start. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Claudio spinning the Butcher whilst having the blade on his shoulders, which was just silly. Yeah, and then Ricola bombing. The butcher at the end. I mean, of it was a slow recoller bomb, but he got him up. Got him up, yeah. <laughs> just a mouth. Like I know Claudio is stronger, but he only just got big butcher. There was a it really looked, cool. Um... It looked like he deadlifted them both. To be fair, yeah. It was I can't remember. Was it Claudio had someone in the sharpshooter, that blade in the sharpshooter, and butcher yeah. just took him out with a, a crossbody. Yeah, <laughs> it looked fucking brilliant. I love butcher's yeah. crossbody. It's my favorite thing in wrestling. Oh, it's so good. I, I'd love to see these have, have another match. Yeah. I really enjoyed. Yeah, big fan of that. Um, next up, uh, Renee interviews Swerve in our glory. Keith Lee's obviously having some doubts. Yeah, he, he, so Swerve's like laughing about Scissor and getting copyrighted by Smart Mark Sterling. Um, I think Keith's like, you. what you do kind of res- reflects on me as your teammate. So why do you feel like I'd feel like we need to cheat to win? Yeah. And I, He's like, you need to think about everything, and then he walks off and Swerve looks pissed as fuck. Well, I mean, Keith Lee literally said to Swerve, didn't he? Like, I've got no problem with this as long as we're still winning. Like, as long as we win, it's fine. Now they're not winning, is he going to put up with Swerve's bullshit? Like, that's the yeah. that's, that's the question, isn't it? Yeah, I think uh, I think Swerve's going to do better. Yeah. Soon. Uh, next up, uh, Renee interviews the Dark Order. Uh, Ten's going to fight Roosh 
if 10 wins, Roosh and Jose have to leave them alone. Hands go in. Stu's back. Yeah, do you reckon he's properly back, or do you reckon it was just because they're in Toronto? I think it might be a Toronto thing. I think he might be popping up a bit more frequently, maybe. Like, he might be, because he's not, he, all, he, he, hasn't got, he didn't get a graphic or anything. I think he might just be doing some appearances. To be fair, he's teaming with Uno a lot more on the indies. Yeah, which we'll talk like, about a bit in the next episode. We'll, we'll talk about one of them in a bit, yeah. They're also wrestling the Briscoes, aren't they? Uh, House of Glory. Yeah, House of Glory, man. Fuck me. What a promotion. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Stu's back for a bit. Um, Jericho appreciates himself. He's out to cut a promo. Nice promo. It's basically just a Danny Garcia like reinitiation. He he does a he does a really cool like redo of his "I'm Danny Garcia and I'm a sports entertainer," which yeah. I, I really enjoyed. I thought that was he's you can see just in like even in the space between the last time he cut this promo and the time he cuts it now, how well he's grown as as someone on the mic. Yeah, he's awesome. Like again, another guy you look at and he's like a future world champion. Yeah. Um, but then a wild peacock appears. Oh, I, I loved the way as he was like walking further down the ramp, the boys were fanning him more like vigorously. So, apparently, so people who were so Dalton Castle appears and he challenges Jericho. Obviously, he's a former Ring of Honor world champion, he challenges Jericho for the title. Um, my only, con- my only not concern, my only disappointment here is we didn't get more back and forth between Jericho and Castle because they're both excellent promos and it would have been great to see them have a little verbal spar. Yeah. I, I imagine we'll probably get something on the uh, road to Dynamite. So apparently someone who was actually at, I, I saw the internet, someone who was actually at the show, they cut a lot of this for time. Um, Dalton Castle really? made references to like coming out in his casual wear, even though he was dressed in like, his full like peacock attire. Yeah. And he also got the boys to like turn themselves into a sofa so he could sit on it. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, I love Dalton Castle. And I know Dalton. he's not, not going to be Jericho, but I can, I can dream. Dalton Castle's like such a good fucking wrestler. Like, apparently, and, as well, he got he, he he got a good pop. Apparently, they turned the they they had to like turn the the crowd noise down because it was so loud. He, the pop apparently was thunderous when he well, came. They out. were chanting for Dalton Castle, weren't they? Like, yeah, the whole time. Everyone loves Dalton Castle. Um, next up, we had a little sort of promo video for Tony Storm versus Sheeta. It's gonna be a yeah. really good match. Uh, Sheeta's not fucking around by the look of it. She's coming for the gold. He's going for it. Yeah. Uh, next up, Nyla Rose defeats Anna Jay in, in a fun match. Um, Anna Jay looked really good in this. I think I I remember watching this, thinking this is the best I've seen Anna Jay for quite some time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that she really played off uh, off uh, two point being at ringside as well. They, yeah, I think cause... being being a heel gives her a lot more to to sort of sink her teeth into. I know wrestlers always say it's a lot easier to be a heel than a face, but I think for Anna especially, being a heel's really going to help her character development. Yeah, yeah, hundred uh, percent. Next up, Arya Davari basically says to Hook that he was trying to buy the FCW title off him. Um, that was a check in the in the envelope that he ripped up, and he basically now is just going to beat him and take it off him. So he challenges him to an FCW title match. Yeah, it was nice knowing Arya Davari. He's going to get murdered. Yeah, not else yeah. really out there. Um, Ethan Page murders Isaiah Casti. Real squash, like proper squash match. Yeah, it didn't last long at all. Um, Isaiah got like a little bit of momentum and then he goes for a swanton and Ethan gets his knees up and like kills him with Ego's Edge. Yeah, pretty much. Um, oh, after hitting the twist of fate. Yes, you did. Yeah, he's looking at Matt Hardy. There was, there was a lot of little Matt Hardyisms. Matt Hardy, was, Matt Hardy was a ringside and he was just going nuts the entire time, which was great. Yeah. Uh, the best friends wanted, they want more gold. 
And I love this. Um, Trent was like, "Yeah, we're on the steps, so you know it's time for us to call someone out." <laughs> which was which is really a nice little throwback. Uh, they yeah. they challenge their triangle for the trios titles because they want all the gold. Go for the boys. You know what? I really want best friends to win the trio title. <laughs> like that's something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not. I don't think they'll win it here, but like I'd love to get it down the line. I think it'd be. I think they definitely deserve it. They, like I said, if if like the Jurassic Express title um, run was like a, a thank, a first year thank you. I think best friends deserve one as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and then we get on to the main event, the Pinnacle versus the Embassy. So this was was it FTR and Wardlow. No, it was FTR and Sean Spears. FTR and Sean Spears, sorry, yes, versus Gates of Agony and Brian Cage. Mm-hmm. Who better? Um, everyone. There was a nice um, there was a nice little bit in the Mark Henry interview where um, Sean Spears Sean Spears calls Brian Cage a charisma vacuum. Yeah, an 800-pound charisma vacuum. <laughs> Prince Nana just started singing for some reason yeah, as well. Yeah, Prince Nana just sings now. That's what he does. Because it's batshit crazy. Um, and yeah, Fun match. Um, Sean Spears wins with a C4. <clears throat> Good to see him back. Hit and yeah. And then the big story really is after this, after the match, uh, the Kingdom appear. So if you're not aware of who the Kingdom are, that is Mike Bennett and Matt Taven, led by Maria Canales Bennett. Yeah. Um, Interestingly, like, they are both. Like Mike Bennett, Matt Taven, not so much. They are both, though, former Ring of Honor World Champions. Was Mike Bennett well? No, not Mike Bennett. No, Matt Taven is sorry. They don't talk. I mean, if Matt, if Matt Taven can just do this feud, then have a match with Jericho before he leaves, then that's fine. Yeah. Um, but also, interestingly, is that uh, Dax Howard legitimately hates Matt Taven. Really? <laughs> yeah, because he he was a. Uh, I think they were at the same tryout at WWE, and he like that. There, there was a um, there was a clip while FTR was still in WWE. Where um, the kingdom hit a big rig and it was shit. Yeah. And Dax just like tore him to pieces on Twitter for it. Fair. Um, like, yeah. So basically, in... the kingdom challenged FTR for the Ring of Honor tag titles because they're big Ring of Honor guys, obviously. They've, they've won the, mm-hmm. uh, well, the former IGP tag title champions and former Ring of Honor tag champions. So they've, they've basically yeah. had most of the belts that FTR have currently got. And they have a big fight to end the show. And I think just Joe come down. A war Joe come to make the save and like all yeah. five. Uh, oh, sorry, all 10 men brawl. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, just nice, nice bit of chaos at the end. So yeah, fun, uh, fun week of AW. Yeah. Again, not nothing massive happened, but we're, we're sort of building to to next week with with Mox and Hangman and all that nonsense. It's gonna be good. So yeah, I think this week's Dynamite's gonna be really good. Yeah, it's Tuesday as well. If you walk down, don't forget Tuesday night. Come Tuesday. Uh, come Tuesday. All right, we'll have a quick break. Final break of the of the sesh. Uh, we'll have a bit of Radiohead and some Arctic Monkeys with a song that's allegedly not about uh Alex Turner's penis. Here's um, my propeller. <laughs> and we're back. We're going to quickly run down the rest of the world. So what we're going to do for you here, we're going to give you very quickly the results of the Progress Deadly Viper um, show that we went to last weekend in Manchester. Met up with the Dammit Vince guys, had a real good time, had some Palmo, watched some wrestling, uh, had a really big panic because all the trains started getting cancelled, but we made it home okay. <laughs> Yeah, really good show as well. Really good show. Progress shows. If you get a chance to go to a progress show, it's super fun. You really get your value money's worth. We were there for like four and a half hours. Yeah. Um, and then we got some news. And, and, and there the, was a probable match of the year contender on that card. Yeah. 
Uh, it's going to be there or thereabouts at the end of the year. Um, we've got some a little bit of news, and we'll finish off uh, previewing the next PWG show um, for you. So first off, uh, progress. Uh, we had Millie McKenzie defeating Alexis Falcon. Lovely, good to see Millie back. Uh, that was yeah, a really fun good. match, very, very technical. Good, good opener. Yeah, really good opener. Uh, next up, we had uh, Elijah defeating Tom Dawkins via uh, Spike Treve, uh fuckery. Yeah, also after the match, there was a vignette that played of numbers to um, Elijah, which yeah. has been revealed what that is on um, the Cardiff show that happened yesterday. Was it Crowley? It was Crowley. Yeah. Um, again, if you don't remember, so basically Tom Dawkins kept trying to do his moves and Spike was like, no, no, you can't do that, mate. I own all your moves. So Yeah. Every time Tom Dawkins went to do one of his like signature Caranoir moves, uh, yeah. Spike. Oh, he come out in a, a Karanoa t-shirt as well and Spike told me how to take it off. Yeah. Uh, next up then, Nina Samuels defeated Tonga. Whoa, whoa, steady on. Oh, for, sorry, I missed out the best match. Steady yeah. on. I missed out the greatest wrestler, professional wrestler to whatever world planet Earth. Uh, Tate Mayfair defeated Sam Bailey in a tournament qualifier. The rest of the semi-finals are the natural progression teeth. Yeah. Uh, really fun match. Yeah. Tate Mayfair is probably one of the best heels working the... the um, the British Indies at the moment. If you get a chance, friendly. check out the interview that you and Troy did with him. It was phenomenal. Friendly reminder, Tateness is greatness. Tateness is, in fact, greatness. Sam Bailey was big over here as the hometown boy, but Tate doesn't give a fuck. He just beat him anyway. Tate won with the brass knuckles, which he's been calling the right hand of God. <laughs> the power of the punch. Yeah. Uh, Nina Samuels defeats Tonga. Uh, good to see Nina back. Um, good to see Tonga. Nina. Not Nina good to see Tonga. Yeah, it was great to see both of them. Uh, Nina right though as well. Like, yeah, she she, really she, she came out in, like the dark and sat on a uh, thing, and it was the whole thing. Menace to UK. Have you ever saw that? She yeah, did, yeah. did all that. Um, after the match, she awards herself the Nina Samuels Award for excellence. Uh, Alexis Falcon is not impressed. She comes out and threatens to shove it up her ass. Yeah, that'd be a fun match. Yeah, the match that is not Nina Samuels getting a trip shove up her ass. No. Uh, next up, we want to talk about matches of the night. I mean, this was this was it, up, to, up to this point. This is my favorite I, match. I, this was your favorite match. This was up until up to this point, yeah. When I oh, saw yeah. this, when I saw this match, I was like, "This is going to take some beating," and then like the rest of the show happened. So in the, in the first half of the show, this was definitely match of the night. So this was supposed to be like us, Jim versus Young Guns, but Ethan Allen, who just come back from injury, basically was not as fully healed as he thought he was. So he had to he's taking the rest of the year off. Uh, so Luke Jacobs took on Kid Lycos in a one v one. This was just excellent. Lycos is coming off that red hot match he had with Chris Brooks. Yeah. Which I'm going to watch after this. Which probably people are calling a match of the year. Um, it, it, it's just gone on the WWE Network, so I'm going to watch oh, it. Oh, nice. This. Sweet. Um, so, yeah, it's um, it was a hell of a match. It was it was uh, phenomenal. There was um, lots and lots of stiff chops. Yeah. Luke, Luke Jacobs just beat the shit out of Lycos. Uh, at one point, he got Lycos 2 and... Sleeper suplexed them into like a load of chairs in the crowd. Yeah, oh, that was horrible. And then Lycos went to check on him and he did the same thing to Lycos. Yeah. Shout um, out to Lycos too for doing an interference and then running a victory lap around the ring as well. Oh, Lycos too is fucking brilliant. <laughs> Lycos, Lycos Jim are so good. I fucking love them too. Brilliant. There was a scary and, moment at the end as I, well. Uh, Luke Jacobs came off the top rope, landed awkwardly. Sort of he did a question. Yeah, I think looks like he's broken his wrist. He said it was fine. 
or you said it was fine. Yeah, it just hurt a lot at the moment. He said no lasting damage. Um, but yeah, um, Leon's um, sorry, Luke Jacobs, he sort of landed, he sort of landed and didn't move, and then like us just like won. So it was like, like they have to like hold like, them up very quickly. Yeah. yeah, they have to they have to sort of improvise the finish there. But luckily, the trainers came. This was just probably the interval they came. Trainers came out. He didn't come out at the interval. It was just um, neither Ethan. them did. No, it was just Ethan, Ethan and like us too were doing doing merch, merch, which. The fact that like us two was even standing because we, <laughs> we we the angle we saw that bump from we were like oh he's dead yeah he's, he's dead. it was it was horrible um uh, but yeah thankfully Luke Jacobs he said it just hurt a lot in the moments but no lasting damage um so he's fine which would have yeah. sucked it would have sucked if like Ethan was coming back early next year and Luke's out for like eight months or something like that that would have been horrible yeah especially because like they've had so many kind of setbacks. Yeah, but yeah, the Young Guns, if you ever get a chance to see them, they're phenomenal. First time I ever saw them, they were getting murdered by Kings of the North, but yeah, they've, uh, they've come a long way. Yeah. Uh, next up, after the interval, we had uh, Leon Slater versus Liam Slater in a, in a, a commentator's nightmare match. Yeah. Um, there was a let's go Slater, fuck you Slater chant. Yes. Um, um, but it was for, this was a great, great match. Um, Leon, Leon Slater is, is going to be one of the best wrestlers of the world in about three years' time. Yeah, I, I I remember when we were talking about it at GCW weekend and we were like, he'll be signed to a big company and within the next five years, the, the way sec- he's going. The second he goes to Japan, it's over for all those fools. Like he's gonna explode. Well GCW are already like trying to get him on the shows. Yeah. Just just to have him wrestle Blake Christian forever. And then that's that's fine. I still haven't watched that match actually. They they wrestled in progress, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I watched it. It was very good. Um, <laughs> next up, then we had what I'm believing you're going to be saying is one of the matches of the year: the Super Smash Mob. Oh, oh, yes, this was insanity. So we had so so this was like random. So this was all voted for by the fans. So the fans picked the format. So it was twelve men and picked whether it was two teams, six teams of two, three teams of four, four teams of three, or two teams of six. Ended up being four teams of three. Teams were also voted for by the fans. Teams ended up being the team of Sunshine Machine, Sunshine Machine and G Money. Uh, all of close personal friends except Maverick Mayhew, uh, Keenan Krishna, Vaughn Vertigo and Tubeth, and the team of Mike Bird, Amari and Maverick Mayhew. So close personal friends split over two teams, which was interesting yeah. and it played a lot into the match. Um, it, couple, it was couple, great, the fact that like Maverick kept trying to like hug them. Yeah. And Mike Bird was just like an angry dad going, <laughs> picking them up and carrying them back to the corner. <laughs> A couple of highlights for me. Um, anytime Sunshine Machine did any sort of double team move was phenomenal. Oh, Sunshine Machine is so good. There was a bit in the middle of the match yeah. where you know what was, just to, just before you, we go into the match, you know what was a fucking highlight for me in this Sunshine Machine's entrance? Yes, that was. Gene awesome. Money come out and did like the new day thing. Yeah, and then, and then Sunshine Machine Sunshine came out with the beach balls out. and everything. Yeah, and as soon as like they come out, the beach balls come over the top of the screen. And we're in the crowd. It just feels like a party whenever Sunshine Machine comes out. Yeah, and they're, they're so good. Uh, so they all their all their double team moves were great. Uh, there's a bit in the middle where close personal friends are just throwing each other at other wrestlers like Human Pikmin, and like I really appreciate that. There was the um, there was the bit where um, Joe Lando, um, TK Cooper, Vaughn Vertigo, and I think it might have been Maverick Mayhew. That when they all hit the frog splashes, uh, the frogs sorry, stars off the yeah. Open, yeah, yeah, that was nuts. It um, was one of those matches where just you just can't keep your eyes on everything that happens. Gene Money hated every minute of it. <laughs> um, he was like, yeah, he was like at one point he was just in the crowd, like trying to like rest his head in someone's lap to like make himself feel better. 
he, he was sh- he was shouting at all the close personal friends for making him wrestle. Yeah. Um, and th- there was also the bit where he did the uh, Catus Jack elbow drop off the apron onto um Keenan Krishna onto like a chair. Yeah. And it was like it was it wasn't like a steel chair, was it? It was like a proper like it's like a plastic folding chair. Oh, it's like metal. Yeah, yeah. It's like one of those like metal framed ones. It's oh, yeah. And they just both bounced off it. It was horrible. Um, yep. And uh, we had the bit at the end where basically Mike Bird just came out and did his Sean Mercer spot where he just murdered everybody. Yeah, he, he hit a lot of different variations of pile drivers. Um, yeah. He finished the match by murdering Vaughn Bear to go with a pile driver off the top rope. Yeah, which looked horrendous, but also awesome. it, it looked like a crime. Um, yeah, it, this match was tremendous. Um, it was it was about twenty five minutes as well, wasn't it? It was quite long. Oh yeah, it went long because um, it was really like it didn't let up at all. It was like nonstop action. Yeah, um, yeah right. we're gonna have to push on a bit now because we're running out of time. Yeah. Um, so next up, then Riho defeated Sky Smithson. Um, it was meant to be Kenji versus Sky Smithson. Kenji couldn't make it when she wasn't well. Riho stepped in. Fun match. Guy Smith is really good. Rio's really good. Lana Austin's just great at being an absolute nonce, uh, like nuisance on the outside of the ring. I love Lana Austin. Everything about her, she's great. Um, yeah, fun match. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And final match, a bit of a not like not anti climax, but it wasn't a very competitive match in the main event. Uh, Dan Maloney versus Patrick Bay, non-title match. Um, the whole it story. Felt like, it felt like it was them building up to what's to come. Yeah, but it, it it but it was still fun because of what happened. So basically, Dan Maloney is working trying to beat the numbers because uh, Bullet's there as well. Bullet is Spike's guy. Is that who it is? Bullet. I think yeah, I think it's called Bullet. Spike's got this big. They call him the, the crowd are calling him Tory Wardlow. Yeah, um, which is fun. Uh, but he eventually gets him. He's interfering, and he eventually gets caught and sent to the back. And then as soon as he leaves, basically, um, Dan Maloney just murders Spike Trevay because Spike's got nothing. Yeah. Um... It feel it certainly feels like Dan Maloney's probably going to be the guy to the throne spike eventually. Yeah, uh, um, that's really killer. Like fuck me. Yeah. Uh, oh, also, um, after the Super Smash Mob uh, twelve, before I forget, Mike Baird cut an incredible promo on Spike. Trevor. Yes, make sure you watch that when you get a chance. He's going to um, challenge him and Car- he challenged it, him in Cardiff. It, it's it's on Progress's YouTube channel. Oh nice. Um, and Mike Baird is wrestling. Uh, driller at um, TNT Extreme Fields, which again, the promo Mike Baird cuts for that is fucking amazing. Yeah, for, yeah. for a guy who had only just discovered them, like he's quickly becoming a guy who I'm really enjoying. Yeah, right. We're going to have to fly through this news. Got two news. Bits yeah, for you. Uh, first up, AAA have announced they have a they will have a Disney Plus show called El Origin de la Mascara that will air on December twenty first. Focus on their officially licensed Marvel luchadors. So we've come a long way, baby. We've come up from fake Captain America to an official licensed Marvel TV show. Well, yeah, they've got um, LA and the Americana in the trailer. Yeah, they show a triple mania, um, and they've got it on the. Um, they've got like a behind the scenes look at it. On their YouTube channel, that's coming tomorrow. Oh, fair. Well, uh, bit of sad news to follow up with. Um, New Japan Pro Wrestling Young Lions Cup 2017 winner Katsuya Kitamura has passed away, aged just 36. Yeah, this this was a really sad one. Um, he not long after winning that, he actually got a quite a serious concussion and had to like leave wrestling. Yeah, 
he did do a bit of MMA after, like in 2021, but he'd been dealing with health issues. Um, he seemed like a guy they were going to like eventually scrap the rocket to. Yeah. So it's a real shame. Um, thoughts of his family. Absolutely. <clears throat> right, Jay, we've got 60 seconds left. I want you to run down this PWG. I'll do the Excalibur thing. Yeah. So, so PW... first of all, this is a PWG show. It's called PWG Dink. Dink was the name of a long-standing PWG fan who recently passed away. They've immortalized him in the name of their next show. This is going to take place on the 6th of November. Jerry, yeah. take it away. So we've got Titus Alexander versus Ray Horace, Shane Haste versus Davey Richards, The Dark Orders, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson versus The Rascals, Trey Miguel and Myron Reed. Winner of which gets a tag team title shot against the Kings of the Black Throne. Jordan Grace versus Masha Slamovich in a rematch from TNA Banff Glory. Sorry, Impact Banff Glory. Aramis Bandido and Commander versus Latigo, Laredo Kid, and Black Taurus in a, a Luchadors match. Uh, Leo Rush versus Speedball Mike Bailey. And in the main event for the PWG World Championship, champion Daniel Garcia defending against Jonathan Gresham. Beautiful. What a card that is. As always, I yeah. look forward to watching it in about nine months' time. Oh, just, they need to hurry up and fucking start <laughs> streaming it live. Uh, lovely stuff. Uh, right, I think that's going to wrap us all up. Uh, yeah, that was a fun-packed 90 minutes of wrestling tour, wasn't it? Um, it was. Lovely stuff. Right, uh, as always, guys, thank you all very much for listening, for joining us. We'll have some Bloodhound Gang to play you out on Jack's Radio. Enjoy a bit of that. And we'll see you next week for some more wrestling news and reviews. Goodbye. Bye. Hello, yes, Danhausen here. Danhausen has been summoned. You must love this podcast house in the Untitled Wrestling Podcast House. Here. <laughs>